Uh, my name's Kerry Patterson, I think. Uh, I don't know, is anybody new with us new today that wasn't here last week? Okay, okay. Uh, well, we're, we're going to continue a, uh, a look at some of the principles of uh, discipleship, and we're going to look at uh, quiet time and Bible study today. Uh, what we're... What we're trying to do is not just get these principles of discipleship uh, embedded in your mind, but also to try to get you thinking about how you might share those with someone else. And uh, I think one of the biggest challenges to us as a congregation is uh, it's becoming more discipleship oriented and become more evangelistic in what we're doing. Uh, and and uh, we're we're working on a 10-year vision for the Otter Creek Church, and some of that stuff's beginning to find its way into that into that vision. And if I say too much, Lincoln, let me know. Yeah, we'll <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, so let's take a let's take a look at uh, let me let me since since there's some that weren't here last time. Uh, I'm going to uh, talk about the overview of the course a little bit. Uh, we're going to look at 25 different aspects of discipleship over uh, the next uh, three months or so. And some of those days we're going to talk about more than one of them, like today. And other days, uh, like next week, Jeannie will have a, uh, a, a session with us that's uh, just worship for the entire, entire time. Uh, I, I, should, I should point out, besides myself and William Reeder, uh, Lincoln Coggin is also, he, he, he's, he, look, he looks down this thing here and sees his name there, so he's also going to, going to help with it as we... Uh, Get uh, get going. I, I like that I have grades. I think that's good. <laughs> you 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 think you need it a little, huh? <laughs> this uh, let me just pass these around. If you didn't get it, the information that's up there is on this sheet, so you can keep up with where we're where we're going. So this is one of those weeks, like last week, where we have <coughs> two topics to cover. It's a little bit easier last week because when I hand it off after the first one, I was handing it off to myself. But this week, I've got to leave William time to uh, to uh, talk about uh, Bible study. So these are the these are the topics that uh, we're looking at this semester. We we did making disciples and uh, being a disciple last week, and we're talking about quiet time and Bible study uh, today. Bible study. The, the Bible study class and the prayer class kind of follow on from quiet time because Bible study and prayer are both a part of quiet time. So it's just, uh, it's just trying to uh, amplify uh, that quiet time. So uh, each week, there's a core truth. For each of the disciplines or each of the uh, involvements in this study, there's a core truth, and then there's a 
and it's it's usually a it's a combination of a question and the answer to the question, and then there's a memory verse, and then there's a key a key scripture. So uh, the core truth: How does a disciple grow in Christ on a daily basis? Is what uh, is what we're looking at, and the answer to that is just as Jesus went to a solitary place to meet with the Father in Mark one we we'll, we'll look at that passage in a little bit. So a disciple should daily pull away from the busyness of life for a quiet time. And that quiet time is, is his or hers own personal rendezvous with our Lord and Savior. And... Uh, you have, to th- you have to think about this a little bit because there are times all day long, all through the week, when we, when we uh, take a moment for getting away from the busyness and concentrate on, on our, our uh, time with Jesus. And, but that's not quiet time. Quiet time is an extended time in which we, uh, we uh, look at uh, this... Uh, time with uh, time with Jesus uh, the the memory verse here the, the book that this comes out of there's a memory verse every week uh, uh, I'm not going to impose that on everybody unless you just want me to unless you want me every week to advance send you the Bible verse and then and then in an email and then you come in and you've forgotten that you had that email but I have told you in that email that I'm going to ask you to recite the memory verses. Uh, it might be a lot of people leave the class if I start doing that. But just, so I'm going to just, uh, I'm just going to read that. And, and, you know, there are all kinds of memory verses like this that uh, if you're as old as I am, you memorized them in the King James. So uh, I'll probably stumble over a few words in here as, as we go. Uh, because it would start out, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. So that's not the way this starts. So <laughs> it's, it's from a different translation. Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners, or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yield its fruit in season and, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So it's that little phrase in there who meditates on his law day and night that's kind of the connection up with, uh, with uh, quiet time. Uh, how many of you have are either experiencing quiet time now or have done so in the past? Okay. Probably half of us or so. Well, you're going you're gonna to pick up on this. I'm going to describe what it's like if quiet time is new to you. And, uh, and, and you'll, you'll, if, you've, if you've been involved in quiet time or you are now, you're going to recognize some of the some of the challenges, like when we get over here where it says, uh, when problems arise, like, I know I ought to have a daily quiet time, but I don't want to. I don't feel like having a daily quiet time today. My mind wanders. I miss too many quiet times. 
my daily quiet time is a drag. So, so, and if and if you're if you're not uh, if you don't connect up with that and you've been doing quiet time, then I don't know what universe you're from. Uh, because I I have I, I certainly have that, and I know a lot of people that do. So, quiet time is just a private meeting with the disciple and Jesus. So it's a time not like uh, worship with a thousand people or not even like a small group or anything like that. So it's just you and God in this, uh, in this quiet time or, or you and Jesus in this quiet time. There are fundamentally three components, reading the Bible, meditating on what we've read and communicating with God. Uh, Reading the Bible is an important part of it, and we'll look and we'll look and see uh, a little bit more about that because a lot of us in our walk with with uh, Jesus haven't haven't uh, haven't heard everything or discovered everything that we're asked to do as disciples, and we're discovering things even if we've been around for a long time. So, just plain reading the Bible is good. But uh, it's, also, it's also important to understand that uh, reading the Bible is not like reading the paper or reading a, a uh, novel or anything like that. It's a reading where, where God is present with the reading, and as you read, you're, uh, you're communing with God. We have a, there are a lot of in these components here, they're not, each one of them is not independent of the other two because when you're reading the Bible, you want to be communing with God. And when you're meditating on what you have read, it's best, or what's been said, it's best to have this connection with God that, uh, that uh, causes you to get more out of the scripture than, uh, than just taking it taking it at face value. Uh, does, do those of you that have been doing quiet, quiet time, do you resonate with these three things, reading the Bible, meditating on what you've read, and communi communing with God? <coughs> What's communing with God like? Okay, everybody said they've done quiet time. Raise your hand so I can pick one of you out. <laughs> What's communing with God like? Well, I mean, in a very simple way, it's, it's, it's like it's more than just you're reading words on a page, like you said. Like, you're not just reading the newspaper or not, or whatever. You're reading words and you're seeing, you're asking God ahead of time, show me. You can't do quiet time without God present or Jesus present, and it's that it's that uh, interaction. With, you know, you read a, you read a scripture and you start to think about it, and then uh, Jesus intervenes and and brings something out in that in that passage that uh, wasn't on your mind to begin with, and then you have this great 
a great time of communing uh, with him. Uh, I think the biggest challenge or that we, we kind of overlook or we don't want to include as far as the equation is that it is too much. Like we, we mm -hmm. tend to think of, I pray. Well, you pray, but hopefully you also took the time to say, to hear, to hear, to hear the receptive response to your prayer. Yeah. It's a, it's, it, it is so much like a, a uh, prayer, a continuing prayer that has these aspects to it, like reading a scripture or, or uh, meditating on what you've read and uh, communing with God. Scott? One of the things that makes you know, preaching so effective is that we have an application that's laid out for us. Right? We yeah. hear this and this is what we're going to do yeah. as we leave together. This is what we're focusing on. Well, this is a much more personal way when you're communing with God. Um, you've prayed and asked him to prepare your heart as you read, help me to see things, and you've read it, and maybe you've understood something in a different way. But then there's that moment when his spirit can prompt you to say, and, and you have to have an openness to say, how does this touch me? What is there anything that I'm blind to that I haven't seen that I need to, to make right or I need to... And so the nudgings of the Spirit, God speaking through uh, His Spirit, through you know, the person of Jesus living in us, uh, well, that's more like a communion to me. And when yeah. you realize in a personal way, Josh didn't challenge me to do this. This is God putting His finger in this one area, and I know that He's given me the strength, and so help me have a plan for that. Or you know, So making it much more personal in that, that sort of approach. Yeah, uh, I think in our in our uh, fellowship, in our tradition, uh, it has been a little bit difficult to to take up what you just described as as, as practice because of how we uh, revered the word so much that if you you know you you take you have a time in your quiet time when you've read a scripture and there's a meaning to it that you had never seen before and you take that on and uh, I think you have to have a spirit of joyfully taking that on not looking at it as as a crazy thing but looking at it as the normal thing that's going to happen in uh, in I'll, quiet time I'll say even further. I don't think it's Josh I think it's God using the person of Josh over the past week that he prepared his lesson that he was inspiring Josh along whatever lines it was in his great work to inspire Josh along so that on the Sunday that Josh gets up, Josh is his shovel or his rake or his axe, his tool to pr pass on his wisdom, his knowledge to us so that we feel the Holy Spirit to move us to that. It's, I think that's something that I guess in our tradition, or maybe a lot of traditions, we do as well as we give more credit to the speaker than we do from the source of the speaker, which, you know, ultimately, we're disciples, and that's what this is about, is, is us removing us from the equation and just opening, making the choice to release our pride and whatever our inhibitions are to be that tool as a disciple to the unsaved, to the fallen fallen world. There's one of the verses, 
touches on that some. I can't remember if it's yours or mine, but but to the world um, as an example, and um, I think that right. And that's exactly the point that I that I was wanting to make too is that we're we're used to hearing that application when a preacher does it, but like God's saying, I want to do that for you every day and in a real personal way, not one that's just for the I have. That quiet time helps us reconnect to that. You know, it's like when you unplug your computer. Yeah, it can run on its own for a little while, but it's got to get plugged back in so that it can get recharged, that it can continue to be what it is. And we unplug from God, and that, that's what this quiet time, I think, is. is that, hey, plug back in. I just, I, I'll just read a scripture, and I'll intellectually say to myself, oh, I know what that means. And then I'll sit there, and uh, it will become clear to me often that uh, because God will communicate with me. I don't know how that works, but it, you can just say, oh, Carrie, you just rethought it, and it happened, but I don't, I don't believe that. I think God, God works in our mind and in our heart to reinterpret things for us so that we get, so that we get uh, what he's wanting us to hear. I think everybody that said anything touched on the one point of being open yeah. to having thoughts or That's exactly right. whatever come into your mind. And I think, as you were uh, talking about in the past, I think we didn't dwell on that a whole lot back, not when I was growing up, about God directing me or putting thoughts in your head as much as you know why she is so well schooled in this sort of thing? <laughs> because she's in my flock. <laughs> Scott? I was just going to say, too, that Jesus' model is that he's going to his father. And I think that that understanding of God as a father, as a yeah. nurturer, as one who wants to speak wisdom, who knows the beginning from the end and wants to guide and help you, that personal relationship wasn't emphasized in my upbringing either. Um, and so that, and like seeing that and, and having that healthy view uh, of, of that inner person, you know, that personal relationship, knowing that even in this trial, it's not that, you know, I'm being punished. He wants to walk beside me and help me to understand and to, to, to live out in a way that will bring glory and help build the kingdom. It's a lot of relearning to not just think of God as in fear versus loving nurturer because... Um, I, I, I can throw these notes away, I can tell. <laughs> I, um, I have as a goal what David's attitude was in, in Psalm 42, where as a deer pants for the water, so uh-huh. my soul thirsts yeah. after you. And then he says, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and be with God? Yeah. And so many times, there's something on the back of my mind, oh, you're too, you're too busy, you need to do this first, you need to do that first. But, but to have that attitude of that, that's communing with God, and he was eager for it, because he knew what would happen and how his heart would be shaped and formed as a result of that. Yeah. There. The irony is, is we, like she said, we sometimes say we're too busy for that, and I've had people speak into my life and say, if you're too busy for that, that's when you need it the most. Because yeah. you've got to get that your bearings back in. I'm going to tell you a story of, 
about me this morning and too busy for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, when you were talking, Carolyn, about, um, uh, no, I guess it was Scott, when, whoever said first about it being God and being, I, I ran across, I ran across a, a concept probably 10 years ago about, it was called Papa Prayers. And you come to you come to God as your Papa, and you and you and you don't speak anything either. Uh, you don't speak anything that's not in that context, and you don't hear anything from Him that's not in that context of being of being your Father, and being your Father in a very intimate way uh, makes that makes that work. Um, there was another comment. <coughs> Okay, you'll get another chance. Uh, and I and I think I think uh, there are a lot of what there's some there's some discussion in the book about this this uh, it pleases the Lord. Why is it important? It pleases the Lord. The daily sacrifices that were made in the nation of Israel were not were not sacrifices to gain forgiveness or anything. They were just said that they were pleasing to God. That those sacrifices were made, and and I think that same thing. And what 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 could delight God any more than for one of His disciples to sit down and pray with Him and talk to Him and seek His guidance on a on a on a daily basis? Uh, and we've talked a lot, a lot about the benefits. Uh, information is one of the benefits. We can't we can't deny that the 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 reading the Bible and the scripture part of that doesn't just provide us with information about who God is and what the commandments are that we should look at to live our lives in, in, uh, in accordance with what he wants us to do. And then we have, we have encouragement. Um, I had to have encouragement this morning in my quiet time. I'm going to describe my, this morning's quiet time in a minute. Uh, just the just the fact that you're there and you can read a scripture, and particularly if it's a promise to us, you can read that scripture and, and meditate a minute, and if, if you've let God be in your presence at that time, then this whole uh, flood of encouragement comes <coughs> over you. Uh, Mike? Yeah, and, and Mike, Mike is really talking about a concept that's uh, fundamental in the freedom prayer work that we do, is trying to help, help people communicate with God and, and hear his voice and talk to him and, 
and and really get and, and Mike 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 has taught me this that that with almost anybody you get back to a time whenever their decisions about how they're going to interact with God were made and they can't and they don't know where those are and in freedom prayer you can help a person get back to those and free themselves up of that restraint and the whole world of God's interaction with them comes open uh, and then pleasure if you're practicing quiet time to to uh, these principles there's a huge uh, there's a huge enjoyment to the time you spend uh, with, with God in quiet time and the other thing that's really important about it Jesus did it uh, Mark 1.35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So, uh, i got to keep an eye on my time here, because William's... I'm going to tell you about my quiet time this morning. Uh, I got, let me tell you about my day today first, a seven o'clock elders meeting, uh, saying the communion thoughts in first service, teaching this class, and saying the communion thoughts in s second service. The, those are the things that were on. Uh, <laughs> those were the things that were on my, that had been on my mind all week because I knew I knew all those things were coming up. Well, uh, I I had an injury this week that's uh, uh, associated with a bad hip that I had a problem with before, and so uh, I'm doing. I have to do about 30 minutes of stretching in the morning. And I've had it in my mind for the last, uh, I don't know, several years that the only way I can do quiet time is do it first thing in the morning. <coughs> because there's so many, and you've got to, you've got to really guard that because uh, even, even if you're doing it that, that way, it's, it's tough. So, um, so I decided I'd get up get up early I had to be at this first engagement uh, 7:15, and then I forgot about I forgot about that I had to do this 30 minutes of stretching and I've I forgot about uh, that I wasn't quite ready for all of these things that I was going to do today and uh, I really got stressed when I figured out, you know what's about to go away for you this morning, Carrie, is your quiet time, and you can't let that happen. So I rushed through all those things, and I usually spend, I usually spend about 30 minutes in quiet time, and I managed to get 20 minutes in, so I thought, I thought I was doing pretty good, but there, you know, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot in the book about uh, how you get going with it, how you get going with quiet time, and how you stay with quiet time. And uh, it's all about uh, 
the aspects of our flesh that war against us all the time to pull us away from that, that time with God. Or it's even more uh, direct, it's Satan's direct influences on us that drag, away, drag us away from that time. So, so you, you uh, end up starting out trying to, uh, if you're trying to get started with quiet time, you set your time and you try to make it a very intentional kind of thing every day and all of these things, oh, I got something else I've got to do. And all this stuff comes roaring in. And, and the other provision that I think God makes for us in these times is he has, he has a way of helping us fight off all of these because his spirit is present with us and he wants us to, to be involved in this time with God. And if we will let him, he'll help us fight off those things. So, so, the, so the 30 minutes that turned into 20 minutes, it was still, it was still very, very good time this morning. Uh, and the reason, <laughs> the reason things get complicated for me in terms of doing things that are intentional is if I don't put those intentional things as early in the day as I can, then they get wiped away. And so I have, I have intentionality to two things in the morning, uh, besides eating breakfast and getting dressed and all that stuff. The first one is make up the bed. Now you may say, well, aren't there two of you in your house? Don't you share this? Uh, we used to share it. But I decided that Carolyn's got a lot of things on her and I decided about six months ago that that was my job to make up the bed. So when I get up, the first thing I do before I do anything else is make up the bed. And quiet time has to, has to kind of get like that sort of thing so that, so that it's so intentional with you that you, that you do it at a particular time and, 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 and take a particular amount of time uh, to do it. I think there's some great aids for doing quiet time too. I was walking through Costco about 10 years ago and I, and I picked up a book and it was uh, experiencing God, 65 days of experiencing God's presence by somebody named uh, Chris Tigreen. And I said, nah. I picked that book up and bought it. And I now own four other devotional books by this same guy because he, he uh, there's one for every, every day of the year, and there is a scripture that uh, talks about what the quiet time is about, and then there is a, a narrative where he, he, he applies that scripture, and then there's even a prayer for you down at the end that says, okay, God, uh, here's what... I'm going to do and he says that prayer for you but that that's just the beginning of my prayer because my prayer goes on and on what was the author's name? Chris C-H-R-I-S Tigreen T-I-E G-R-E-E-N and he has a website too that that uh, Bill I know Bill's wife Faye and William's mother Faye uh, use all the time so uh, I, I encourage you to get out there and look for some things if you're not doing quiet time now or 
you want a better experience with quiet time. Uh, in fact, my communion devotional today is from one of those, one of those uh, daily devotionals in, uh, in one of those books. They're just very good. I, Josh said, I wanted to say, I wanted to, <laughs> Josh is always kidding with me. He comes down the aisle and I put it, I, I slap his hand. He said, well, Carrie, I started to say today that you delivered the message and I'm just doing the blessing. But then I, I didn't want to tell him that I stole that, uh, <laughs> stole that from somebody else. So, so I said, oh, you didn't want to do that, really. All right, I'm, I'm going to have to, does anybody have any comments or questions about quiet time? Yeah. Uh, I, I can't, like I've been, so I think it's interesting in Psalms. Um, so as disciples, um, there's a certain, we're separate from the world. And in Psalms 1-1, in the verse that, um, in the memory verse, the first verse says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice. So the joys, meaning the joy that we as disciples of God have. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the, the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. So in this quiet time, this meditation time that we have, when we're continually plugging into God, reconnecting with God, because it's not God that leaves us, it's we turn our backs on Him. We, as fallen beings, have made the decision that the football game is more important, or whatever it is that we choose over that is that's more important. Um, that's that separation. So. So what, what happens is, there, I noticed three things. So follow, stand, and join. So the joys of those who don't continually meditate, for those that don't make a conscientious effort of daily wanting because of our love for God to reconnect, there it looks like there's three things that happen. The first one is people begin to follow the advice of the fallen world, of the world. <coughs> And then the next thing is, is we find ourselves standing with them. Not only do we listen to the advice, but we start to stand with those people. We might start to believe what it is that they're saying because we're not plugging in daily with God, because we're not chasing after the Father like we should. And then the last thing that one finds is, is those people join in with the evil of the world, with the fallen world, which is why... Verse 2 says, but, they, but because we delight in the law of the Lord, because we meditate on it day and night, we don't, we don't follow, we don't stand, and we don't join in with the world. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, and then there is one other thing. Um, in, in reading with this um, in John, um, in the Bible study portion, um, let me see. But it talks about, okay. I should have. Okay, anyways. It says, What verse or verses impacted you? And as I was reading through it, I ran a little bit further. And basically, it's verse 16. 
Um, you, you're in John 5? John 5, or John 15. John 15, yeah. yeah. So this is John 15. 